the banks of the Great River, high above the Allure Gorge. This is the Buzzer Podcast. Indie music, new releases, industry insiders, out-of-the-box conversations with guests from the true north, from the west coast to the east coast, to across the pond, and from down under. And now, here is Shay. Hey, y'all. I am Shay. This is the Buzzer Podcast, independent music releases, global coverage. Welcome and enjoy. The Buzzer Podcast will wind down Season 1 of both shows. The top shows of Season 1 will start airing September 6th. The shows airing have the top fan engagement, subscribes, and download count. Today we have Davey Fury back on the show. The original broadcast was April 27th of this year. Davey is an acoustic folk artist from Dublin, Ireland. On September 10th, there's a dual singles release, Farewell Returning Blues and The Magic of the Ocean. They will be the last singles to be released from Davey Fury's 2021 album, Haunted Street. Enjoy the show. So hi, Davey. Thank you for joining the podcast today. Hi, Isha. It's lovely to talk to you. Yeah, lovely. You're in Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, close enough to Dublin. Not really in Dublin, but close enough to it. Oh, yeah? You're outside of it? Yeah, yeah. I live outside of Dublin. Um, of course, a lot of the gigs do happen in or around Dublin, but um, no, I don't live in the city. Oh, well, not a lot of people do nowadays, no matter what country you're in. Yeah. yeah so we're here to talk about your Haunted Street albums. It's your first album in six years since your debut, Easy Come, Easy Go. Your first one was with the label Universal, and this one's self-produced, uh, is it not? Yeah, this is uh, a self, self-made self album. Well, the last one was as well, but it was subsequently signed to Universal in Germany. But, uh, oh, okay. I did. Okay, good. This album is, um, I'm very wary of giving away ownership of my songs to anybody, really. So that was very important to me for this album that I I hold on to the songs. So it was, um, it did well in the album charts in Ireland. It was at number four at one point in the album charts. Yeah, yeah, it did well, considering that most of the albums were sold off my website which don't contribute towards the charts and a lot of the record stores were closed here because we are in the middle of pandemic of course and uh, we've been on a, a fairly serious lockdown the last couple of months so the record stores weren't open to sell the albums um, some of them were open online but most of my album sales went through my website, which is uh, fantastic. I'm delighted. I don't mind where people buy it, really, you know, as long as they can connect with the songs. It's, it's the most important thing to me. Yeah, that's great that they're buying them out direct off the website. Yeah. So it has 11 tracks, and to, today we're going to feature three of the tracks of the album. You are also up for, I don't know if it's already been... Um, announced you're up for a hot press best folk artist yeah that's true yeah i think with about a few other people there as well but uh that's just part of the game really isn't it so have you always been in music like how did you start uh yeah well music is is a major part of irish society really you know from 
from when you're in nappies or in diapers. Growing up, it's music is, is everywhere, really. And then once you get to the age where you can go to pubs or nightclubs or venues, and if you go out for a night out, it often, very often ends in a sing-song. Uh, people go back to people's houses to have a sing-song. Generally, the night ends with a bunch of songs being sung by by people who can barely remember their own names some of the time. But they can remember the length of the song, you know. It's, it's peculiar, but it's really, uh, it's a great great place to grow up, um, a great place to learn music. I guess I was about 15 when I got my first guitar. And then we started, um, I more or less started writing straight away. But there was a good bit of a gap. My daughter was born when I was about 21. And um, I kind of, I've, I've held back from the music a good bit for her early years, largely because I didn't want to be out traipsing around the country and subsequently tracing Europe or wherever the gigs were. Um, but then again, I was only starting out, so I was playing venues or pubs, uh, bars around Ireland. So it's not something I wanted to be doing when, when Ash was so young. And I'm very grateful and thank God I made that decision because those years were really important and they were brilliant. Yeah, they're very important. But you you did tour a lot with the debut album, Easy Come, Easy Go, did you not? Yeah, when Ash got to a certain age, then I felt that it was okay, you know, to start recording music and making a bigger push at it, I guess. I did record an album I didn't release, and then I recorded Easy Come, Easy Go, which opened a lot of doors, um, and I put a lot of work into it as well. But it was a very... Uh, it was a good learning experience. I really appreciate those songs. I was glad that they arrived, and they're great company to be around. So we did a lot of tour, a lot of gigs after that, which uh, which were very enjoyable. And those songs uh, they took me to places I didn't think were possible. Have you always been a solo artist? Yes, I'm too greedy to be in a band. <laughs> I am. I, am. I like uh, I like my own company sometimes. And then other times I need I need company. So I'm okay either way. I do play with a band when we're doing tours, certain tours and certain gigs. We do have a band, and they're like they're separate, like separate shows. Really, you know, they're a different experience doing the solo show to regard regarding or in comparison to the band show, you know, but. They're yeah, different experiences, but both are euphoric. They're, they're amazing, amazing experiences. Well, the album Haunted Streets included some of Ireland's top artists, such as Steve Wickham from the Waterboys, Daryl Holden, the High Kings, uh, Claire Sands, among others. Uh, are they the ones that perform when you gig with no. you, or were they just involved with the album no they just come in on the album and it took a it took a couple of years really to get everything together um i was in no rush to finish the album i was doing tours in between steve was on the world world tour with the water boys darren was on the world tour with the high kings so when we're all it's hard to get a date when we're all free as it is for a lot of musicians you know and when the time was right then they came in and the they played a few, played on a few of the tracks, which was amazing. 
Yeah, and the album was completed uh, last year, and you held off releasing it until this year. Yeah, it was completed in 2019, actually, Shay. Oh, 2019. Well, okay. just towards the end of 2019. And okay. it was maybe edging for a release in March 2020, but, you know, as with, with the coronavirus and everything that happened, I put it off, yeah. you know, thinking that might we might be back on the road for summer because generally when you do release an album, as you know, it's followed by a tour and the tour is really important in the promotion of an album. So as mm-hmm. things transpired, um, COVID was in for the long run. So I said, look, I'm going to release this album in February 2021, regardless of the situation, whether I can tour or not. And uh, I'm glad I did, actually. These things seem to happen for a reason, you know. Everything happens for a reason. So I am I got a lot of promotion. I got a lot of re- great, great reviews. And uh, I'm just I'm delighted. Indeed, you have. Rolling Stones India just picked you up and did a great review. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny where songs find themselves, don't they, isn't it? You know, when you're writing, sitting down writing Secret Light or... Um, Flames in the river, you don't think you're not thinking that it's going to reach India or the USA or Canada, you're just thinking about the song and you're in that moment. So it's lovely. It's a big market. Actually, this podcast has an incredibly huge following in India. Yeah, great. Well, they have a great taste of music. Yeah, (laughs) they love the music. Um, And uh, they're a very welcoming country. Very welcome, country. So uh, I've read that your inspirations was the late John Prine and Dolores Keane and Springsteen. Can you tell me why? Yeah, inspirations come and go, you know, and music comes and goes in my life. Certain artists would. John Prine, I've been listening to a lot over the last couple of years, and I think throughout the, the recording or the writing of this album, John was never far away. Um, it was devastating to hear when he passed away last year. Yeah, and from COVID. From COVID. And the last yeah. album he released, Three of Forgiveness, was just such a beautiful record. Songs like Summer End and Caravan of Fools really, really stuck with me. Um, the great humour in his songs and a marvellous delivery to his, to his performances and his shows. And he seemed like just uh, such a beautiful, gentle man. It's hard not to be inspired by people like that for me. Um, and Lake Marie, if you go back over his career of certain songs, it's just, uh, he's just, he's one of my favorite songwriters. Mm-hmm. All of your songs uh, are stories, are storytelling. You have incredible storytelling powers. No, I guess so, yeah. I like Bruce's story songs. There's a lot of them in there. I like his acoustic, or his, his, maybe his solo albums as well I really enjoyed, like Devils and Dust and The Ghost of Tom Joad. And I'm very attracted to, to story songs and acoustic performances where the song has to be strong. You can't mm-hmm. give away silly lines, and Prine was was amazing at that. Um, Springsteen is, Bob is the same, Bob Dylan, Tom Waits. You know, there's a whole there's a whole line of, of amazing musicians that do it. Warren Zevon as well, you know. And here mm. in Ireland, a lot of the story songs and ballads are 
are really strong and really part of society as well. So to go back to your really first question, it was something I was brought up on as well, you know. The songs told a story of Ireland's history, of Mm community, of community, of the lands, of the hills, of how the Brits invaded us and then we got rid of them a little bit of the way. Still a little bit to go there, but <laughs> but all in the history of songs and you learn a great deal about your country, about your ancestors. Um, and I realise a lot of the songs might be a bit uh, poetic license in them, but I think that's okay, you know. They're, they're, I, love, I love listening to stories. The way you approach writing a song, your lyrics are incredible. Uh, they're very strong. Uh, the track that's coming up, Just Like the Wind, uh, is a very, to me, a very haunting love song. Um, the lyric, I confess more than what I say, is incredible. Yeah. Like, incre- incredible. I loved it. Thank uh, you, sir. Can you, talk a bit about, can you talk a bit about that song and what influenced it? Yeah, sure. Um, I was thinking about that song lately, actually. And I think that's the line that the song is is hooked on or yeah. hinged on, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The song is nearly built around that kind of line, even though it was written as as you hear it. Um, I think that's a very important line in the song, and it says an awful lot of what that song means. Um, and I think it's about that line in particular is about self-love, um, about not being too hard on yourself mm-hmm. by, by confessing more than you've sinned. Like, And it's about trying to find the strength, the strength of your soul and your spirit, whether that's in you or outside you. Um, and just like the wind, things can change so quickly mm-hmm. as the wind here in Ireland does off the Atlantic coast. <laughs> It can it can be warm or it can be cold, and that's the way life blows a lot of the time. Uh, okay, that's where the haunting came from me, was the self-reflection part of it. Well, the intro uh, was very reflective and tribal uh, with the bongos and the flute. I love it. It really created an atmosphere for the song. Yeah, I did. I, I like that intro, actually. You wanted to do something different with the intro, and as you alluded to with the haunting aspect of the song, I thought the whistle and um, the bongos worked really well together. And I kind of got a little bit of inspiration from Paul Simon's Graceland album for that, you know, the way Paul Simon mixed up a lot of his music over the years with African tribal beats. And it's something that I'm very curious to explore a little bit more, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see what happens. Well, it was a very good choice. Very good choice. Thank you. So next up, Just Like the Wind, released February of this year. Sudden movements 
be seen as drastic Then again, this kip Was never meant to be fantastic
that's an incredible song, Davy. Thanks, incredible. thank you. Uh, so yeah. I see that you have an you had an online concert on St. Patrick's Day. Well, I was a part. Um, Jerry Adams, who was the former president of Sinn Féin here in Ireland, and mm-hmm. um, he led the peace process with a number of other politicians and people in, in, in Belfast and Northern Ireland, asked me to be a part of that, that concert. So I, I did a recording of Presidents and Ghosts, which was on the first, which was on Easy Come, Easy Go, about um, about the great hunger that happened here in Ireland in 1845, yeah. 1847, I guess it started. But Irish immigrants uh, having to flee the country to America and Canada and Australia and England um, so that was, it was nice to be a part of it. Yeah, I did a recording. I'm not too mad about the online recordings, to be honest, uh, about the streaming concerts. I know a lot of people have to do them. I try and avoid them if I can, to be honest, yeah, you know. I just, it's, that energy is not there that you get from people, but it is what it is. And I've enjoyed Yeah, I get that. I get that. Mm, I've enjoyed listening to some people and I don't, thoroughly enjoy doing them but in saying that we might be doing something with the new album for, uh, shortly enough what does it look like in Ireland about things opening up for touring and it doesn't look too great to be honest oh okay <laughs> alright um, uh, not great we're not allowed outside our own con- county apparently you know there's 32 counties in Ireland and we have to stay within the well, originally it was five kilometers. We couldn't move more than five kilometers from our home, but that's it's changing in the next two weeks to we can stay in our own county. But after that, um, it's only the essential shops that are open, like pharmaceutical, um, food shops. So uh, it's hard to imagine, even though some people are planning for maybe autumn time or the fall, as you say. Uh, Maybe October, November time, but it's hard to know. It's hard to know, you know. Yeah, it is just something that you have to basically go day to day, and it's hard to plan because uh, touring takes advance payments and a lot of other stuff, right? Like it oh, is, that's it's, it, it's, yeah. a, it's an investment of money yeah. and time. Yeah, so. Yeah, you're 100% correct, Shay. There's an awful lot of work that goes into it and money, finance, you know, with merchandise, with booking the venues, book, doing the tickets, yeah, uh, booking the transport, booking the accommodation, um, booking the flights if you're going out of the country and mm-hmm. employing someone to do that as well or do it yourself, whichever. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, too, it's too costly at the minute just to see if everything is up in the air and, and and it falls down so we'll see what happens I'll wait till there's something more concrete there till I start booking tours yeah I think a lot of people don't realise that that uh, there's a lot of outlay prior to you stepping on stage right Um, yeah stepping on stage is the easiest and the most enjoyable bit yeah Um, everything else is a pain in the butt so the next step we're talking about is Farewell Returning Blues you wrote it Eight years ago? Yeah, this is a song that I wrote on the previously unreleased album. Okay. So I probably wrote that maybe even longer than eight years ago. Maybe I said eight years ago in some interview, but on reflection, it seems like longer. But it was a different recording. Um, the lyrics are the same, but it was a different, there's different tempos in the original recording. 
but I always felt that it kind of ran away with us in the studio a little bit. And I've always meaning to re-record it and go back to it. And it just felt ideal for this album. And the piano, Darren Holden played the piano and my guitar, and there's very little other production on it. There's probably some keys on it somewhere along the way um, and some percussion. But I felt it like a Van Morrison kind of track, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. To me, it's very whimsical. Yeah. Whimsical. I, I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, and then uh, starting with keys, and it was, it was, I was to say simple, but um, clean. It wasn't, uh, you know, like you said, you, there was not a lot of, uh, um, I guess, additional add ons and production and that. No, I don't think it needed much decoration, Shay, you know, no. and you're right, it's simple. That's what I said in the studio, Martin, my producer said, Martin, we keep this one simple, as simple as possible. And uh, that's what we did. And I'm, I'm very happy with the result. I think that's the way it sounded in my head originally. And it's a, it's a lovely song to sing, actually. I enjoy it. And what's the song about? Farewell Returning Blues. I remember writing the song I was in my granddad's kitchen and in a haze of smoke and a bit of alcohol, to be honest. <laughs> um, and I remember writing this song, thinking about someone someone in particular all those years ago. And it was kind of like, uh, I felt like I was being childish. My childish retreat is a line in the song. Uh-huh. Uh, just can't say goodbye. So it was kind of trying to give myself a kick up in the arse to, to cop on a little bit, you know, but the other side of you is tugging, tugging you back to the emotional connection that you once had possibly of a place, of a person. Um, it could be anything you want really, you know, but sometimes you just have to move, move forward and leave the past where it is. And if you need to reflect on it, reflect on it, but try not to get emotionally tied to it. Well, it's an incredible track, and we're going to hear it now. Uh, Listeners, farewell, returning blues.
about to heal When I looked behind for a glance Instead of asking I had to steal Into your Before I knew where I was I drifted into your sky And the reasons because Just can't say goodbye I just can't say goodbye Tracks on the album I wanted to discuss, but we're not going to hear today, but I have featured them on the podcast. Um, you did a, a song, Flames on the River, as, yeah. as a call out, a political, it's political, uh, a mo- very emotional uh, track. Can you talk about that and why you wrote it? Yeah, it's political to me. It may not be, be political to anybody else. I think if I said nothing about it, no one would see the connection between the political and the song itself. So, oh, I didn't. I didn't really mean that way in terms of politics and partisan. Mm-hmm. It was more um, a, a, a fight song. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what I felt. It was a fight song. I like. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I like. I like it myself actually. Um, but it is a political song, you know, from the from the from where I was writing it from. So I don't mind you saying that at all, Che. You know, I'm delighted. 
um, whatever you feel from a song is okay with me in any way. But the song itself, it kind of starts a little bit, um, I guess the character is a bit negative in it, and he's calling to action towards the the end of the song or the maybe three quarters of the way through. Can you feel it? You know, he's asking that refrain, can you feel it? It says it a couple of times, and it's a... Uh, it's that little buzz that you get, you know, whether you're listening to a, uh, your performer playing at a stage or whether you're watching a soccer game or a nice hockey game as you do a lot in Canada. Um, it's that little buzz you get, can you feel it? And it's urging you on to follow uh, that instinctive feeling. It has a lot of the Springsteen feel to it. Yeah, it does, yeah. I'd accept that, obviously, yeah. It does. It has it done well? <clears throat> I don't really well. I brought it up maybe two or three years ago. It was after Donald Trump came to office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written around that time. I could, you know, you had a feeling that something bad was going to happen with this idiot in the office. And true enough, it was four years of mayhem and chaos. Um, so it was written around that time and released shortly afterward with a video that's that says what the song feels, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's probably one of the most played tracks off the album, certainly in Ireland. I'm not sure about the States. Um, I did gig it, or did do, I did play it at a few of the tours in 2018 when I was touring the East Coast of the States. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good reaction, you know. Some people enjoyed it. Sometimes they introduced it as I introduced it there now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, put, you set your stall out and... That's just my feelings about the whole thing. Um, he's, he's a bad man. Well, it was very enjoyable to listen to. Good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's definitely a Springsteen-esque to it. I love a bit of life on an album, you know. There's there's a temptation to write songs very similar to, say, like Farewell Returning Blues and have a very quiet an album. And I can enjoy some of them, but for 45 minutes or an hour of that kind of tempo, I need a bit more life in the album. For me, it's only a personal thing. Um, yeah. What I love about your album is listening it from front to back, because that's how I approach an album. Um, it's very, uh, the tracks are quite different, but they feel connected. Yeah, it's really important for an album, isn't it, Shay? Yeah, it was a reflection. It's kind of a dark, not a dark reflection. It was actually, it was reflecting in a positive, nice way, but it may sound a bit dark. Um, I was reflection being at the, at the graveside, you know, and listening to the bells and listening to the valleys. And I can't escape the ghost of me. I'm just so happy and proud that I have my father's spirit in me and his, his blood running through my veins. And, uh, I still feel close to him, which is took a bit of time to get there after his death. But I'm, I'm there with him, and he's there with me, or he's here with me, so I can uh, 
I can feel that. And I'm not holy. I'm not. I was born, I was baptized a Catholic, but I'm a very poor Catholic. So okay. uh, I do have, I struggle with the faith, you know. I do have some kind of faith there. I just can't seem to put words to it. Mm-hmm. But the ghost of me is a, is, a, is a reflection of my relationship with my dad now, or of when I wrote it. And it's the same now in 2021. Mm-hmm. I wrote it maybe two years ago. It's one of the late additions to the album. But I love, I love the production on it as well, actually. I really like the, the fiddle, um, and I like the keys. And again, it's one of those kind of a simple song, you know. It's, it's, the production doesn't get in the way of the lyrics. And that was really important. And for Martin Walsh, for the music man, Martin was a great supporter of, of local musicians, when I say local Irish musicians, mm-hmm. as, as well as a huge, vast encyclopedia knowledge of bands from around the world, whether it was Wilco or Neil Young and Crazy Horse or Stevie Van Zandt, solo stuff, Little Stephen. He had... Um, he had a great love for music. He didn't play an instrument, but I went to a couple of gigs with him. There's a Rhythm and Roots Festival in Kilkenny where um, one of the Ramones would have played over the years, Ryan Adams would have played over the years, kind of artists that are on the cusp of of getting really, really uh, well-known, I suppose. We saw some amazing musicians there over the years. Mm-hmm. And of all the albums he had, I really wanted Mort's name to be on an album. And uh, I wrote a song from when he was alive. The music man, he unfortunately had cancer, and I knew he was in a bad enough way. He lives, he lives, he lived very close to me, and Angela still lives close to his wife. Mm-hmm. So um, I gave her once the albums arrived. I gave her the very first copy of it, and uh, he did. We did one last gig for Mert up in the house. Mert, Mert means Martin. Actually, just in case you're getting confused, and. Uh, he was bedridden and a lot of his family came and we did a little gig in the bedroom for him where we sang a few of his favourite songs and he was, uh, he said to me, it's, it's very unusual for someone to be at their own wake. Yeah, quite. I only thought about that after actually, but it's something he really wanted and then he just asked me to sing the music man at his at his funeral because you know we knew it was only a matter of days it was a very strange experience he had a very beautiful one and it's one of the gigs if you want to call it a gig it's something that I hold really close to my heart something that I'll always always remember the smile on his face and uh, I subsequently sang Music Man at the graveside time Uh funeral and then I wanted to include it on the album and dedicate the album to him um, because as I said, of all the albums, hundreds and maybe thousands of albums he has, there's one on a shelf now with his name on him, and that just meant a lot to me. That's amazing. So uh, I found them both great. I can tell you that, uh, it, but to be fair, I knew it was about your late father, Ghost to Me, um, but it really resonated with me, it brought me to tears. Uh, I lost my father when I was about two, two and a bit. Uh, so it really brought out a lot of emotion in me. I love the song. Okay, okay, that's nice. Yeah? I hope he's. I hope you can get close to him. Yeah, I have an unrequited love with my dad. Yeah. 
And I was like, and that's what music should do is, is uh, a person that listens to it uh, uh, can hear the artist's message, but also adapt it to their own life and experience the healing sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, a, thera- it's a therapy kind of thing as well, you know, um, and that's why I don't really like explaining the songs a whole lot. And it's not something I do kind of regularly. Because people have their own connections to the song and their own opinions. Yeah. Um, just like you have that connection with your dad and the ghost in me. And other people have connections to Secret Light and just like the wind of different meanings and who am I. So I, um, I'm kind of reluctant to explain the songs in any great detail, but I hope I gave you a yeah. good enough vague um, recollection of or what I think the songs mean to me. But that's yeah. me. Oh, what I know. Yeah. So. <laughs> Music's always been my Peter Pan. It's always been my escape. Uh, yeah, well, let's do it. We're going to be listening to Secret Light and actually incredible vocals. Yeah, like outstanding. Like it's, uh, it is a very soothing, it's very soothing, very, uh, I felt like I was in a, an old church meditating. I, I, like, it, yeah. it was insane. I I, I, it's, it's, I hadn't listened to it, uh, it uh, for a long time, so I listened to it when we first connected, and I listened to it again today, and I was like, wow, this could end up being one of my favorites. Uh, but I was listening to the vocals was it are you saying secret of life or secret light secret light ah i thought so because that's the name of the song but the way i guess my brain was processing it was the other way Uh, anyways yeah it's secret light you're right it's uh, i i would have liked i like that it's a prayer type refrain into it where secret light keeps coming which are it's up to you what it represents. Maybe the spirit, um, maybe a place again, and maybe someone close to you, maybe someone that's gone, maybe someone that's alive that you love. It's uh, it is a definitely a prayer, prayer like anthem to uh, it. And LED just brought her, her beautiful vocals to it, which is mm-hmm. pure by chance that she was able to do it. She was in the same studio as me. And just the following week, myself and Martin, the producer, had a discussion saying. It's not quite there, you know, but I think it needs female vocals. So Ellie very kindly uh, connected with the song and, and she helped transform the song into what it is. And LED is one of uh, another Ireland's uh, top artists. She's she's uh, she's from Dublin, brilliant songwriter. We toured we toured together after this song was released. Yeah, so we went went to number one here in Ireland, and we did a tour of the islands, actually more or less off the coast of Ireland. So we went to a few islands, and a few on on the mainland. Um, and she's a terrific, terrific, terrific writer. She's some great songs there. You should check her out. No, I have. She's insane. Oh, I love her. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I knew who she was. <laughs> you know, she's very, 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 very talented. I uh, love to meet up with her. Uh, so we're going to listen to Secret Light next.
So tell us about your podcast, The Green Wave with Davy Fury. The podcast was a way to keep myself sane, Shane. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Oh, I get that. I get that. That's not why I do this one. But uh, talk, yeah. talk about I also thought it was amazing. You showcased uh, Ireland artists. Yeah. I was, it's something that has been in my head for a while to do a podcast about the songs or about the poems or about the books of Irish authors, mm-hmm. Irish writers, composers. And um, the opportunity arose in October. I just said, uh, I'm sick of doing walks with the dog. And I wanted to do something constructive, get closer to the music when there were no gigs happening. So I decided to, to set it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did it. <laughs> I set up the, the podcast. Uh, my friend owns a radio station, so he asked, could he use the programs for radio? I said, no problem. And we got, uh, I contacted a few of the friends, said, can you come on and just talk about the songs, talk about the process of writing. And they're great fun. We have great laughs on it. Uh, it's very revealing the way people talk about songs that are so so close to them. And they're like people who greatly care about the work, it's very it's deeply personal. And to hear people talking about their work, their songs, their books, their poems, it's inspiring. Uh, I've learned an awful lot from it. And I've got people like Christy Moore and Jerry Adams, who wrote a couple of books. Um, Luca Bloom. There's great LED came on actually as well. Um, and I'm just in the middle of recording season two at the minute. So uh, first show started last night mm-hmm. with Mike Hannahan from Stockton's Wing, who are a great Irish band. And it's it's a great way. It's a great way to connect. And actually, a few co-writes are after coming out of this. There's about six or seven songs that I've written with with people that have come on with me. So it's funny how the universe uh, swings around and what it makes what it makes you do. So. I'm really enjoying it, actually, you know, and I can do it on my own terms, which is the best thing of all. I don't have to answer to nobody. <laughs> yeah, you like doing that, right? <laughs> you got that direction, yeah. You got yeah, that from me. Yeah. So, yeah, when does it air, and how often? It airs on a Wednesday night on the radio station at it's uh, eight p.m. Irish time, so I guess that's three. Oh no, that's a four p.m. Canadian. Uh, 8 p.m. Uh, it would be 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Sorry, 3 p.m. Um, 3 p.m. your time on downtheroadradio.com. Um, I'm not sure if you can get that in Canada. That's the only thing. But the podcasts are available worldwide, and that's The Green Wave. They yeah. call the podcast The yeah. Green Wave with Davy Fury, and that's on Spotify and Apple Tunes. And yeah, it's on Spotify podcasts. and Apple Tunes, yeah. Yeah, so that's everywhere on the Thursday, so... Every Thursday for the next couple of weeks, um, if you want to listen to some Irish musicians and authors talking about their work, it's... Uh, I, do, I follow it. <laughs> oh, good. I yeah. hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, so, uh, I read an article that uh, you were interviewed for. Uh, it's not on my head right at the moment, but it was... You were talking about your feelings about Spotify. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about that? 
I've a lot of negative feelings. Oh, okay. Well, I know that. I know that. But uh, well, there's a reason that the whole album is not on Spotify. You know, I no, just that's like... that's what I wanted to know. That's why was your reasoning behind that? And because uh, I actually liked your approach, uh, and I think other artists out there might want to think about doing that with their music. So that's why I was asking you, Davy. Yeah, I think there's a lot that we give away for free as it is the way the music industry has gone. Um, and I'm not talking about the likes of Taylor Swift or um, Duo Lipa or anyone who can do huge tours. We really have to take care of our art, of our songs and spending the money that, well, I'll just keep it to myself, spending the money that I've done and writing the songs that I've wrote a bit like, keeping the album independent. I'm very, very careful about giving away the songs for free. I think it's they, they devalue the songs if we do. And I don't want to do that. I put maybe two or three singles on Spotify from the album. I just can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's foolish to ignore Spotify. And as a listener, I think it's a great service. I love listening yeah, to podcasts is. on it and I love listening to music on it. Mm-hmm. And if an artist happy enough to have their music on Spotify I will listen and I'm not telling other people what to do it's just something I want to do myself the fact that you get not point not 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 three six for sense uh, a song or a, a stream it's just not cutting it with me um you know you need nearly a million a million million streams to make maybe make three thousand euros or something like if, if even that, I'm not doing on maths on air now because I'm brutal at maths. <laughs> but it's just something that doesn't sit right with me. And I've learned since Easy Come, Easy Go was released. If something is not sitting right with me, I'm just not going to do it. And I don't feel under pressure to do it. And thank God I don't have a label who gave me an advance. Um, I'm not sure that happens a great deal anymore anyway. So... It's nice being in total control of your own songs and your album. And I just said, I'm going to keep this off Spotify um, for at least a couple of months, maybe mm-hmm. six or seven, maybe 12, we'll see. Um, or maybe just put up a song every couple of months on Spotify. So it's foolish to ignore it, but it's just not something that I wanted to put my album onto completely. And I was delighted with the response because uh, it's hard to judge whether because the album really connected with people or they couldn't find it on Spotify. There was a lot of sales from it. So um, I'm not really sure which it was. So it's hard to hard to judge that. But I'm sure putting on Spotify really helped with album sales. Mm-hmm. Well, Bandcamp's doing great things. On the, the, They're still doing that uh, Friday selling initiative for artists. Yeah, Bandcamp Friday, yeah, the artists get get all the money for it, uh, all the money, you know, you're talking about 14 euros here, so I'm not sure what that is in dollars in Canada, but, uh, you know, it's not huge money or anything, but yeah, it's a nice nice initiative, all right, it helps, it helps. So for the future, uh, Brett, uh, actually Rosestone India as well, that you're already started recording new songs for a quieter album. Yeah, see, I'm kind of changing my mind. I don't really know whether it's going to be a quieter album. I think it will be, and that's... I'm just trying to listen to my gut and my instinct, and 
as I said to you earlier on, I don't like albums being too quiet, you know, because mm-hmm. I can't. 45 or 50 minutes of the same kind of tempo and songs doesn't excite me too much. But something like what Johnny Cash did with, with Rick Rubin um, kind of appeals to me, you know, maybe less production, just to see what it sounds like. You want to be trying different things and experiment with your art and with your songs. So um, I'm not afraid of doing it, but I'm cautiously, cautiously approaching it. But thankfully, a lot of songs have arrived. And as I said there a few minutes ago, a lot of co-writes have arrived. So we'll see what songs fit together and what gel together. And the songs will ultimately decide what production they want anyway. So I don't know why I'm even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the songs will reveal themselves in the studio. And once we hear them, they will be our guide as they always are. And are you recording that at Jam Studios as well? I will be when they open up. Uh, at, at the minute, it's, it's I'm demoing them at home in my own little studio, mm-hmm. trying out bits and pieces. Um, so it will be, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go back to Martin and Jam Studios. It's really important to have a producer that you can trust. A hundred percent. And that hears your music and hears what you're saying. Because I've worked with producers before who think they wrote the songs and it's their album. You're kind of saying, whatever, go away, you know. But you like collaborating with Martin Quinn? Yeah, Martin is fantastic. Uh, uh, Softly spoken man, great ear, brilliant musician, brilliant guitarist. And if you hear something that's there, he'll gently guide you over to what he's hearing without throwing it down your neck or forcing you to listen to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, vice versa, I'd be the same as well, you know. Both of us will stand our ground when we hear something that's not right or that we think should happen. But it's all done in a very friendly, friendly way. And he's been a really great friend over the last couple of years. So there's never been a bad word between us. Um, there's no animosity. And it's just like working with with a, with a great friend, which he is. And it makes the song so much easier to arrive and to reveal themselves. He puts great trust in the songs, I think, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that's the magic. He doesn't force the song to go in one particular direction. Um, and I don't see the sense in trying to upset that relationship or that partnership. Possibly in the future, I might try a different producer. Who knows? But uh, I think for the time being, for this next album, he gets the songs really well and he gets me really well, which not everybody does either. <laughs> well, it's important that uh, it's important that a creative collaboration, um, you have respect for each other and uh, you, you get each other. Yeah. You yeah. Get each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's really it's good important. that you found them. So what is in the future other than uh, you writing a bit of songs and that you're just going to wait until everything even out with COVID and continue to create in studio? Yeah, well, touring-wise, I'm going to wait till COVID evens out till the vaccinations here get rolled out and till, um, till we can plan with, with some sort of confidence of, of, of a couple of gigs. But I'm not thinking about that really, you know. There's no point wasting energy thinking about that because it'll happen when it's going to happen. Right now, I I'm, I'm allowing or I'm hoping that new songs still keep arriving. 
being aware enough to and grateful enough to to welcome them in and hang out with them for a little while. Um, I'll keep doing the shows, the podcasts, for another couple of weeks at least, and then um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We're going to enjoy ourselves, whatever we do. Well, I hope you come to North America because I definitely want to see you live. Yeah, I'd love that, yeah, obviously I'd love it. Um, America is great. I lived in New York briefly for a while. Um, got a lot of friends over there in Philadelphia and New York and Boston and San Francisco and on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a good few cities in, in America. Uh, I haven't been to Canada yet, so that's someplace I really have to get to quickly. Oh, you got to come to Canada. We're really friendly. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. You know? I know they, they say that a lot, that we're polite and friendly, but it is a very friendly country. Yeah, you run the Irish um, close there for the friendliest country in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I had I think we were pre-chatting before the show. I told you about my uh, friends that go there for a pub crawl every year yeah. to honour their, their uh, late uh, father. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know. I know it's a beautiful country. Yeah, you got to hop over here to Ireland someday, Shay. I probably will. Probably. You know what? I until this whole thing happened, I would honestly say I'm more of a homebody. I didn't really have the travel bug. Right. <laughs> right? And now it's almost like now that you sort of been locked down, well, are locked down for well over a year. It's starting to happen. Where I'm looking at going, oh, you know, we should do that. We should do this, you know. Yeah, well, that's uh, what lockdown. Yeah, and go out. Where, yeah, that's what lockdown does. Makes you appreciate what you what you should be doing and what you could be doing. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, is it best for fans to follow you from your website, DavyFury.com? Yeah, DavyFury.com is. is it's pretty because all your links are there all the links are there yeah and then the usual social media sites like facebook twitter and instagram um which one are you most active on Davey? they're all kind of much the same i guess when something is happening it gets it gets up on all those sites uh okay i don't try and get too involved in the social media sites but again but like spotify you can't ignore it and you have to be you have to be letting people know what's going on and what's happening. So it's a good way of getting the people. But, yeah, they're updated fairly regularly. So um, if there's any new music, it'll be there. And the Haunted Streets will be there and videos and so forth. And So you can check me out there. Get in touch. Say hello. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. And it's been a sharing. real pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you. Your music is incredible. Thank you, Shay. I really appreciate your, your kind words and you've been very supportive over the last couple of weeks and months. Yeah. So now, honestly, I was honestly blown away. And I remember when I first emailed you, I'm going, I want to feature one of your tracks or two of your tracks. I listened to the whole album. I go, I don't know which one to choose. Every single one blew me away. Like wow. it, I, I think anybody listening out there should jump on com and buy this album. It's an incredible investment. Thank you very much, Shay. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Have a great evening, and I really appreciate your time, and I'm going to continue to follow you. So, yeah. But, yeah. Good. Stay in touch. Let me know how you're doing. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, do stay in touch. 
Lovely talking to you, Shay. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Davey. Well, thank you all for tuning in to the Buzzer Podcast Network. Season two begins soon. The Buzzer Podcast will wind down season one of both programs. The top episodes of season one will start airing September the 6th. These are the season one shows with leading fan engagement, subscribes, and download count. The gratitude I have for the remarkable artists who share their music on the Buzzer Network is over the moon. To our loyal listeners, thank you for tuning in and being a powerful part of our achievement. Because of you, the Buzzer Podcast is top 10% of the most popular shows out of over 2.6 million podcasts ranked by Listen Score. Follow us on Instagram at The Media and on Twitter at The Buzzer Indie. Subscribe, please, at TheBuzzerPod.com. Without you, none of what we do is possible. Listen in and remember, without music, our campus is blank. On Air Indie. From my pad to yours over the airways. Until next time, cheers, y'all.